right now for In the Garden with Peter Burke. Our program today brought to you by The Willie Store, your true value store near Caspian Lake in Greensboro. By Clausen's Florist Greenhouse and Perennial Farm, your full-service florist. Check out their Monday coupon specials, Clausen's.com. They're right there in Colchester. Guy's Farm and Yard, your neighborhood community feed grain animal and yard store with locations in Morrisville, Montpelier, St. Albans, and Williston. Guy'sFarmandYard.com By Grow Compost, compost soils, mulches, and expert gardening advice on Route 2 in Moortown, online at GrowCompost.com by PNR Lumber, your complete local lumber store on Route 15 in Wolcott. By Menards Agway, your yard, garden, and pet place, Brooklyn Street in Morrisville. By Blossom Cottage Florist, top quality flower arrangements and more. And Taste of the North on Route 302 in Barrie, online at tasteofthenorth.com. By Linda's Apparel, bursting with vibrant colors, stylish accessories, sparkling jewelry, and the most captivating collections of ladies' fashions around. Linda's Apparel, Main Street, Virgins. By Jail Branch Greenhouse, perennials, annual soils, and great selection. Jail Branch Greenhouse, Route 302 in Barrie. And your locally owned Agway store, seeds and feeds, and a whole lot more. Route 2 in Montpelier. Telephone lines are open. 244-1777 is the local 802 number. The toll-free is 877-291-8255. And here's Peter Burke. <laughs> hey, Joe. How are you? Oh, good, good. How about yourself? Pretty good, pretty good. Spent a lot of time making sure my garden and plants, especially those I had in containers, were properly watered. Well watered. Good boy. (laughs) And uh, tomato plants, Couple. I like to say one is six feet tall, but uh, about five and a half feet is my tallest uh, tomato That's still pretty big. I'm I'm very proud, yes. Uh, And then there must be some tomatoes set on that. Oh, they they certainly are. Uh, Getting getting ready for the uh, the cherry tomatoes. They seem to be ahead of the the rest of the pack. They usually are, yeah. 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 Well, um, a couple things uh, to start with. Of course, um, the... uh, Today I'm going to talk about preserving the harvest. It's not too early to think about that. Um, and then I, one announcement is next week we're going to have uh, Ed Smith in. He's uh, I'm going to be on vacation, and so he's um, uh, he's going to come in for uh, for the show next week and and uh, give his uh, expert advice. Him being the master gardener and. Uh, so that's something to look forward to next week. If you want to say hi to Ed, give a, give a call in. Um, let's see now. So far, there's been no reports that I've heard of the um, late blight, so that's good news. Some people have complained about the um, 
the um, root maggot and a couple of things last week. Somebody had a root maggot in the uh, in their onions. And you got somebody online? Bud? Oh, we 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 we, ha- we have a we have a problem. We do. We we we've got some critters eating things that uh, people <laughs> themselves want to eat. And our, our good friend uh, uh, Irene is here on the line with us. How are you? Hi there. Okay. If they'd only eat the dandelions, then we'd be all set. Well, these little critters don't. This my daughter lives in Jericho Valley, uh, yeah. and they have bees and chipmunks stripped a whole row of uh, bees. Um, Not greens. They dig down and eat these little bulbs of beets. So uh, what do we do now? Oh man, I, I, you have my deepest sympathy for sure. <laughs> I, I've I've uh, I've had the same experience, and there's really only one way to to uh, uh, combat those guys. Uh, uh, well, you know, there's a couple other preventatives, but uh, somehow or another, you have to reduce the population, and um, that uh, seems like a, a harsh thing to do, um, especially when they're so cute. <laughs> <laughs> they're not cute when they get in the house. They're cute too. <laughs> not cute. We will define that. Uh, we'll leave the cute part up to Walt Disney. He seems to think right, they're right. quite cute, and they he can even make a mouse cute. But I don't know if you've noticed, but the the rodents this year have been really just in, incredibly uh, prolific. Matter of fact, uh, those couple of nights uh, of cold weather, forty degree weather, has sent the the mice into our house. And I've already uh, trapped, uh, you know, probably yeah. half a dozen or so. And I, I've heard that uh, from a bunch of different people. And, wow. And, well, we uh, wood- she has a woodchuck problem, too. But uh, they finally set the trap and then take the woodchuck off, uh, you know. Yeah, yeah. They get that every year in there where she lives, uh, yeah. Dean. But now this chipmunks and the bee thing is mm-hmm. new. Mm-hmm. It is, yeah. What do you suggest? <laughs> well, um, again, uh, I suggest you do something about the the chipmunk population. You're going to have to trap them, uh, and uh, there's there's a hundred different varieties of. You can just use a regular old rat trap, which is a little right. larger than a mouse trap. Right. Uh, what I do is I put the trap inside a a, a box, a wooden crate, so uh-huh. that uh, you know nothing else gets in there other than. Than, than that critter, so your animals don't get into it and stuff. Um, so you put that inside. Um, the other thing that you can try, and and this is just something I've tried to work well with the woodchuck, even though mm. it wasn't 100%, is um, I have a, a fencing material. You know, it's a 2-inch by 3-inch, um, and, and the ones I use have a vinyl coating on it or just a regular yeah, either yeah. way. And I lay that down on my bed because I do everything in a four foot by four foot bed. I just have a piece. Okay. And that seems to discourage them from coming in and, and digging down in. And I used to have to use that with my, with my, uh, my dog too. She liked to dig into the, the okay. soft ground and it also keeps the cats out too. Um, Okay. That's a that's a a good preventative. Um, it's a little harder to to use after you've already planted, but if you finagle a little bit and just careful with it, you can lay that down. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have um, if you have these planted in a row, then you okay. Yes. Then you're gonna have to cut about a one foot strip of the fencing and 
Yes. And just lay that down across them. Yes. And and they they do seem to respond to that pretty well in that it discourages them from digging. You know, they don't like to they don't like to walk on the fencing, they don't like to dig through it. Okay. But if they're determined they probably will, you know, or can, you know, right. dig like you around. Said they replanted already, they replanted yep. every yep. Week, so. yep. Well, if they've replanted then tell them to put uh, some sort of um, the yeah. the third thing that you can do is is do the um, the tunnel. You know, you can do a a hoop house tunnel, and um, if it's planted in a row, then you can get some the the small metal, um, you know, uh, rods, and then they just stick in in a hoop shape. You know, oh. and then you put the cloth on them all the way down through, right. and then you secure the edges, and that does help to keep them out of it. Okay. Um, those are. Those are some of the things that you can do for them. Um, okay. <laughs> well, I thank you, my dear. Okay. <laughs> I'll call her tonight and tell her. I yes. Advice from you. Okay, good. Thanks oh. for the call, Irene. Thank you, Irene. We've got music all afternoon, so you. Oh, let me... I know. Better be good. <laughs> you let me know what you want to hear. Be, okay. It's always good. What do you mean, Irene? <laughs> okay. It's always it good. It is. Okay. Bye, bye, guys. <laughs> thank you much. Thank you much. You know. Um, for for I'm I'm I am really the horse of a different color. I'm, the gardening that I do is has always been secondary to my admiration of all the critters that I get to see out there, <laughs> and I, I but I point out the chipmunks have not been a problem in my garden, right? and I think the reason is is that I have well I have like fourteen bird feeders, mm-hmm. and so much and plus I put down for the ground feeders, mm-hmm. they are always on my deck and underneath my deck. Oh. But the garden, you know, is uh, half a football field away, and they are, you know, they. I've never seen them out there eating anything. But on the deck, quite, quite. This is quite literally. I could sit there on uh, on on a chair and put a handful of uh, black oil sunflower sunflower seeds and hang out. And these guys will come and jump in my hand and sit there and stuff their cheeks. <laughs> they become that tame. Uh, and um, but I'm not recommending this. I, I I think that they don't make so, it to the garden because they've got a complete grocery store, you so, know. So control them by overfeeding them. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I, yeah, I'm sure that is that hand, is that is hand, not in any book. And feeding. Yeah, but it, it's quite amazing the ecosystem that I have on my deck and under my deck, uh, all, all kinds of critters. But uh, I, you know, the the problem I end up having yeah. are, are the white-tailed deer. Oh, they, really? they, oh, in the garden. In the garden, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. When it comes to the garden, the real, real problems. I, because I actually mm-hmm. think I'm going. Oh, I've, I've, the peas are ready to harvest, and the dog on it. They, these guys come and they just eat everything, and they come all at once. About six or eight of them that live out on Porter's Point, and I think they just make the rounds, and eventually they make it to my place, and it's usually pretty late in the season. Yeah, yeah, you're you're uh, you're on the route. Right. Well, we got another caller here. Okay. So, uh, well, as, as I say, P- Peter's the advice. If you if you if you're looking forward to a harvest, listen to what Peter says. <laughs> I say. Don't feed the chipmunks. Okay. Uh, yeah. Don't feed the gazebos either. That's what I was told by my dad once. Here we go. We have another caller on the line. Your first name in town. Lawrence from Marshfield. Hey, Lawrence. Hey, Peter. <laughs> hey, Joel. Uh, yeah, a friend told me. Uh, a story just a couple of days ago that one person was having problems with a woodchuck and decided to grow two gardens. Nope. One just for the woodchuck. 
<laughs> now there you go. Yeah. There's a novel. That's a novel idea. Yeah, that's my kind of thinking. That's why I've made it as far as I have in life. That's my kind of thinking. But then we asked him, well, how well did it work? And he said, not too well. Not too well. <laughs> that's just ate both of the gardens. That's what I discovered with the chipmunks and my strawberries. Is I thought, well, I can share. You know, they're going to eat. Well, they don't share. They just eat everything. It's just forget it. You know. I, I gave up with berries. I had blueberries, and my, my daughters mm. love the black raspberries. Oh, yeah. That we had, but the birds would come and fill mm -hmm. themselves with seeds, and then go to the garden and eat the berries for dessert. <laughs> yeah. right. Quite literally, that seemed to be their their itinerary. <laughs> you guys have a good one. Thanks, Lawrence, thank thanks for the thank call. Great story. <laughs> okay, 244-1777. That's the 802 number. That's always open. Yep. As is the toll-free number, 877-291-8255. There you go. Yeah, give us a ring. And um, so it, it, it's time now to start thinking and uh, preparing and even start to, to, to can and freeze and and uh, dry and and ferment and uh, get ready for your cold storage. So the five, those are the five main ways that we use to preserve the food. Canning, of course, and we're all familiar with the mason and ball jars. Um, then, of course, uh, freezing, which is uh, for some of the easiest form of, of food storage. Um, then, of course, uh, you have... Um, you know, cold storage, and uh, the fermentation, and drying. I use a food dehydrator quite a bit, and uh, I like that a lot. It store an awful lot, like, you know, 20 tomatoes in one quart jar is pretty remarkable. But what you find is that certain things are better dried, better canned, or better frozen. And uh, so, you, so you should be familiar with all of them, regardless of what size your garden is and when you want to put food by. Um, you find that you can use any of them for all these different purposes. And um, so uh, also, and, it, and it's interesting, is that you can actually use uh, uh, one method to store to do something else, more or less, like if, um, if you want to make uh, fruit leathers, uh, but you don't have the time then you can go ahead and freeze your, your stuff. Uh, we make that uh, rhubarb, uh, strawberry rhubarb leather. And if we don't have time, we'll go ahead and freeze the rhubarb, just cut it up into pieces, put it in, in a box or a bag in the freezer. And the same thing with uh, the strawberries. In, and so later on, you can take them out and make your, your leather. And uh, they also is... The also the other reason that you might want to do that, you know, use one thing to do another, for instance, would be when we get our uh, elderberries, we go ahead and dry them, and then as the season go along goes along, we'll go ahead and soak them, and then we'll make the uh, the elderberry uh, syrup, you know, for uh, cough syrup, which is really an incredibly good cough syrup and it works really well. So if we don't have the time, right when the elderberries are fresh, we'll go ahead and dry them. Um, you can even dry them and put them in the freezer and then later on make your, your uh, elderberry syrup. And then, um, oh, you know, there's, there's you know, all, all different ways you can do this is like if you want to freeze your tomatoes and your peppers and and uh, because you want to make uh, salsa later on. I, I was reading about uh, a fellow who said that 
they have uh, two or three freezers in their garage and that all their friends bring over their tomatoes and, and freeze them uh, all season long as and then uh, towards the end of the the summer they may they have a a mass salsa party where they make tons of salsa all together you know and it uh, it <laughs> it takes some of the sting out of all the hard work of canning salsa you know <laughs> they can do it together oh uh joel says we have a call uh it is john in hyde park welcome what's up yeah, well, I'm having a, a little trouble with my blueberries this year, mm. which I had last year as well. And yeah. um, I don't have them covered, but it doesn't seem to be birds. I don't see birds out there pecking them, but they get, they look nice until they just start to ripen, and then they just shrivel. Shrivel. Yeah, so you've got, um, you've got a problem, and um, uh, it, it's becoming more common. There's a fruit fly. Um, and it has some incredible spotted winged something or another, um, but it's a fruit fly that uh, lays the um, lays its eggs inside of the um, uh, inside of the fruit. Yeah. And uh, the at this point, if it's already started to um, what they recommend is to pick them as soon as they're uh, as soon as they're uh, uh, ripe and freeze them right away. Don't leave them out on the counter or, or to use later. Yeah, I've found that if I pick them just mm -hmm. maybe not as ripe as I usually would, mm -hmm. uh, but just barely ripe, I yep. can salvage some of them, but yep. I'm losing over half. And... Oh, I, it's, it's, a, it's a huge problem, and um, there's been, uh, uh, well, it, it's been big enough problem that some commercial crows are actually you know, cutting their berries down and doing something else. Wow. Um, it's, uh, it's, and it all is a fruit fly. But it's one of the fruit flies, usually most of the fruit flies that we see actually uh, uh, lay their, their eggs and, and are around fruit that's starting to decompose already. You know, it's, uh, it's usually ripe bananas or ripe cantaloupe or, you know, right. that brings them out, uh, you know, in the case of this particular fruit fly, it actually can burrow through the waxy skin of a um, of the blueberry and and uh, inject its um, eggs into it. Um, they, of course, they say that there's no harm in eating them. You know, uh, even though uh, it doesn't look, uh, you know, it doesn't look good when you see the final product, the shriveled ones. That means that those maggots have already started to eat the interior of the. Yeah. So those you want to discard, but the ones that are um, are are ripe and full, those are okay to eat. Uh, what you'll have to do um, is you're going to have to uh, at least until you can um, until you can get rid of them. You're going to have to just do what you're doing there, is, is picking them a slightly under red. You can next year, of course, they uh, they live in the soil, and so you want to make sure you dig that up or scratch it up or rake it in the fall so that all the, uh, the larvae are exposed and uh, hopefully killed. Um, you can spray the soil in the fall with a neem oil. Um, and then you want to, because it's a fly, like a fruit fly, you want to go ahead and wrap them up in a, in a remy cloth or some sort of a cloth that is, you know, fine enough to keep a fruit fly out. 
Ah, yeah. So, um, and until you, you're going to have to do that until you break the cycle that you've, that you've got going right now. Um, the tough part of that is if you have neighbors who have berries and they're not doing it, then, you know, you're going to, they'll, they'll find your blueberries and they'll, that's not anybody too close. Yeah. You know, uh, well, and that's why you got to put a barrier up, even though you're doing what you can, you got to put a barrier up so they don't come and find your berries. Um, it's a serious problem. You know, it's, uh, uh, it'll, it'll run its course like everything else. But in the meantime, what you can do is, is, uh, the prevention is the best thing you can do. All right. Well, thanks a lot, Peter. Hey, if you come upon something, uh, definitely give a call back in and let us know what you find out. Cause, uh, you know, this is a common problem and I've been watching my berries pretty closely wondering how bad, uh, how bad it is. We put down new bark this year scratched it up good made sure everything was exposed and we were hoping that maybe we won't get it but you know it's around yeah okay then uh, thanks a lot okay john good luck let me know thank you for your call i i just went to the university of new hampshire extension service where um this has been a big problem there and they've got uh, well first of all, they have all the information and of course everything peter you mentioned is uh, is absolutely the fact. Uh, they they recommend a number of different kinds of traps, and apparently to the eye, the blueberry fruit fly is virtually identical to the apple fruit fly, except one eats apples and the other eats blueberries. Um, and but you can buy those uh, yellow traps that uh, are used for the apple fruit flies, and they will work to uh, uh, attract many of the. Of, of the blueberry ones as well, but pretty pretty good reference so for all the information. Uh, University of New Hampshire Extension, UNH dot extension dot UNH dot edu, and uh, search from that point on. We have callers on the line left and right, and I will put them on hold after we check our uh, our first collection of sponsors. These are the underwriters that make In the Garden with Peter Burke uh, possible each and every week here on the stations of Radio Vermont. And we appreciate them. Let them know. <laughs> PNR Lumber Route 15 Wolk is proud to be your local sawmill. Our logs come from within a 50-mile radius. Logs are sawn into lumber here at our mill in Wolka. Lumber is dried here on site, and lumber is finished here on site. Local lumber, local service. Put us first. PNR Lumber Route 15 Wolka, 472-6636. Monday through Friday, 7 to 4.30, and Saturdays from 8 to noon. Follow us on Facebook, too. PNR Lumber, 472-6636. Lisa from Grow Compost of Vermont. Grow Compost works every day to complete our food cycle from farm to plate and back to the soil. We collect food scraps and farm residuals and transform them into organic soils for our local farms and gardens. Depend on Grow Compost to provide the finest compost and premium potting soil for all your growing needs. Visit us at growcompost.com for more information about food scrap pickup or soil deliveries. Grow Compost, exceptional local soils. Where do you find locally grown plants? At Montpelier Agway, of course. Their nursery is full of locally grown annuals, perennials, vegetables, herbs, and hanging baskets. Buy six six-inch annuals for just $36, and all trees, shrubs, and blueberries are 20% off. Montpelier Agway, locally owned. Route 2, Montpelier. Friends you trust, people you know. 
It's in the garden with Peter Burke and Peter. You have hmm. Meg in Burlington online oh, for you. Okay, Meg, welcome. What's going on, Meg? Okay, try again. Meg, are you there? I am here. Oh, welcome. Thank you. What's going on? <laughs> I've been having a problem with my garlic this year. Oh. Oh, I'm afraid it's like the leek moth or whatever they call it. Mm -hmm. um, the scapes, when they came, started to wither weirdly like halfway down the stalk. Mm. And then, you know, some of the garlic, I actually pulled it all up last week because some of it had started to get really kind of funky down there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what I'm curious about here is how do I prevent this from happening again? And will they be in the soil next year? And mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So uh, are you seeing the maggots in the roots? Is that what is what you're not, seeing? I haven't actually found any maggots, but it looks like that. It travels down the stem of the garlic. Oh. Um, so, uh, this, uh, it's, is definitely increasingly a problem. Um, and what, uh, what you might try, of course, is, a a couple of things. Most of these things live in the soil. So you want to, you can try to solarize your soil before you actually plant. And that would be in the fall. So mm -hmm. that solarizing is you just put on a clear plastic. You could use black plastic too if you don't have it, but the clear plastic and leave it down for a week or so to solarize it more so it kills all the, the different eggs that are in there. Um, and then when after you plant uh, a plan to um, put a hoop house over it in the spring when you know you first see, see them coming up. Right. So that uh, if there are any uh, of the any anything left, you know that they won't have a place to land. And and um, you can also do a soak. And I was just trying to remember what that soak <laughs> is. <laughs> if there's a, <laughs> where you spray the soil, and it's so it's similar to what I was just talking about with the um, with the blueberries. You know, you soak the soil with a neem, but they also, uh, for that, there's there's a, a couple other ingredients that you can use, but at least the neem oil uh, to soak the, the soil, you know, before you uh, do your planting, too. Um, boy, these are, you know, it's tough times, uh, for sure, but you, yeah, you can definitely... It's almost like there's climate change or something going on. <laughs> I don't know. Well... <laughs> I'm sure if we talked to somebody from the 1400s, they'd tell us about the rust and the, the mildews and the molds and all the other stuff that they had to come back to. So, you know, there, there's always there's always this. Uh, we keep us farmers and gardeners, uh, you know, uh, uh, busy, that's for sure. It does. <laughs> and, you know, you can see the temptation to go ahead and, you know, spray everything with Roundup or some other, you know, god-awful chemical. But What's wrong with DDT? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, yeah, you know. <laughs> it worked for my grandfather, goddammit. <laughs> <laughs> well, I share the sentiment, but on the other hand, it comes back to bite you pretty pretty hard. Oh, no, yeah, I'm pretty, pretty hard. And, uh, and so, you, you know, you can understand uh, why and how all that stuff develops but you know with uh, a little bit of careful planning you can do a lot better 
So, you know, try those uh, those steps the anyway. Solarizing the soil. Solarizing the soil. And, and, oil. and yeah. then hoop houses in the spring. Hoop houses in the spring. And that, that, that'll give you at least a leg up and, and should be able to... Um, uh, I just remind you uh, a couple other things is uh, you should be uh, rotating, you know, your crops. Oh yeah, and, I have okay. like three right. small raised beds. Oh okay, so that's them. that's very pretty, pretty easy to do. With it's pathetic three. small garden. <laughs> Please don't say that. There's no such thing as a pathetic garden. It may be small, but it's not pathetic. My victory garden. <laughs> That's right. It is a victory garden, and it doesn't matter how big or how small it is. It's important to do. Everybody does a little bit. Yeah. And you know, right. you think of, you think of uh, years ago when uh, before we started recycling anything, you know, uh, how much of that stuff just went into a landfill, and now, you know, just with uh, saving a can and a glass jar here and there, just you know, each one of us doing a little part. You know, it makes a big difference in the long run. It eventually does. Yeah. yeah. So you keep that. Uh, you keep the. Um, you keep the garden going, kiddo. Oh, I will. No <laughs> worries. Hey, let us know if you uh, find something else out about that. Okay. Okay, we'll do. Thank you so much. All right. Good. Thank you. Yes. Our numbers are two four four one seven 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 and toll free one eight seven seven. Two nine one eight two five five. Peter, can I share a bit of information oh, here? Oh, please do. Uh, my, I, I, I kind of jumped and uh, did a flip when I saw this. Uh, an invasive earthworm may be on the move oh, yeah. in neighboring New Hampshire. Oh boy! The University of New Hampshire Cooperative Extension is hosting a public seminar later this month about a fast, hungry species called the jumping worm. <laughs> Oh, God. That was recently introduced to North America from Eastern Asia. Oh, yeah, right, right. It also, has a familiar ring to it, doesn't it? There you it? go. Also known as snake worms mm -hmm. or crazy worms, mm -hmm. they can harm native plants and animals by consuming the upper organic layer of the soil. That allows invasive species to take the place of native plants, which then affects other species such as ground nesting birds. Mm -hmm. And uh, interestingly, though, uh, this is you know obviously right uh, right across uh, uh, to our neighboring state, but it's University of Vermont professor Joseph Gorris who has researched this worm, and he's delivering a seminar in Portsmouth, New Hampshire, oh, wow. July 26th in Portsmouth. You can find out about that at the. Uh, uh, University of New Hampshire website and the University of New Hampshire Extension Service. But uh, since he's a UVM professor, um, I'm sure that uh, should this become a potential problem here in Vermont and uh, the way these invasive and new species tend to move around, as we as we learned with other uh, plants and animals, uh, uh, Vermont certainly would not be immune to this. Uh, he's right. To, he's right here at uh, UVM in Burlington, so yeah. uh, we could have him talk about it on the air on either this or uh, other programs here. Well, the um, the other uh, at least I've been told, and I'm not quite sure how how true it is, but um, the uh, the red worm that is often people buy, you know, to put worms in their garden. Is, is also an invasive worm species. You know, it's not the, the native worm that, that we have. And so some people feel as though it's, you're better off not to buy, uh, you know, buy worms 
from some other place these redworms and uh, uh, to to seed your compost bin or even your garden you know you're better off just to to feed the the worms that are there in your garden with good compost and you know lots of um, organic materials whether it's mulches or even peat moss that you're adding um, so there there was some people that felt as though the red worm was actually devouring the earthworms that were there you know I don't know it, it's a it's a I'm sure it's a it can be a problem but it 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 um, and I'll be curious to see what they find out is a good solution to that well, one. I'm, I'm curious to uh, hear from anybody who sees a jumping because <laughs> apparently that's what they do. Let, let us, since we're at the top of the hour and technically okay. at the halfway point of the program, time for us to uh, identify ourselves here on yeah. WDEV mm-hmm. and also hear from a number of the fine sponsors <laughs> that bring this program to you each and every week on Radio Vermont. You are listening to WDEV News Radio, a network of stations owned and operated by the Radio Vermont Group. 96.1 WDEV FM, Warren and Waitsfield. 96.5 W243 AT Berry. 98.3 W252 CU Montpelier. Along with our founding station, AM550 WDEV Waterbury Montpelier. And online at WDEVradio.com. Hey, Plants. How's it going? Hi, Kate. Um, can I, uh, ask you a question? Of course. I need help growing some, uh, indoor tomatoes. Oh, tomatoes. I dabble a bit. <laughs> Not too much, of course, but what's wrong with indulging in a tomato now and then? No worries. I gotcha. Guy's Farm and Yard, where Vermonters go to grow. Did somebody say tomatoes? Let's say you need a hinge, a sweatshirt, a birthday card, a new toaster, some sugaring supplies, some local beer or local cheeses and breads, even local greens, roots, and meats. Now let's say you need a new bathing suit or some logger boots, maybe a new onesie for your baby, or stylish Carhartt clothing. What about curry and cumin? Maybe sewing notions. Can you think of one place you can get all of that? Well, I can. The Woolies Store in downtown Greensboro. Did I mention the cheapest gas around? The Woolies Store. If Woolies doesn't have it, you certainly can get along without it. Lawson's is celebrating summer with Clausen's Grown Annuals, perennials, vegetables, and herbs. At Clausen's, you'll find festive plants, seeds, colorful pottery, unique gifts, and novelty items, as well as fabulous new garden accents and a full-service flower shop. Print out your weekly online coupons from Clausen's.com. Summer is here at Clausen's Florist Greenhouse and Perennial Farm, 187 Main Street, Colchester. Open seven days a week. Think summer, think Clausen's. It's in the garden with Peter Burke. Hey, Joel. Hello. We're back. We're back. Okay, good. Uh, and no more calls, right? Uh, not at the moment, but okay. we do invite them. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 244-1777 or toll-free 1-877-291-8255. I love that ad. That is so funny. Yeah, I think the plants is uh, looking to mellow out a little bit. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Plant, plants Armstrong. Well, the one is I want to grow some. 
tomatoes. Anybody said tomatoes? Tomatoes. Oh, here we go. Somebody wants to grow tomatoes. I'm having trouble with my tomatoes. Well, let's find out anyway. Here we go. Let's see if I can push the right button on the first try. Okay. Okay. Good afternoon. Your first name in town? It's Lawrence again. Hello. Hey, Lawrence. Connie had red wigglers uh, in the kitchen for a number of years and stuff, but our experience is that, and what we've been told also, is that they're a southern worm, and they don't make the, make it through our winters. <laughs> well, that's so good. <laughs> if they're outside, you don't have to worry about it, except that you won't have them next year. <laughs> that's yeah. fine, yeah. You know, well, there, so there's a comfort. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so we won't worry about the red the red wigglers yet. No, just those jumping guys. <laughs> the, the jumping Jump. bean of. Bye <laughs> <laughs> bye. Thanks, Lawrence. <laughs> Appreciate that. We can rest at ease now. <laughs> There's no red attack. <laughs> uh, so, and uh, let's see. I, oh, Dawn on Northfield. Okay. All right. I'm here, thank you. Hey, Don, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing okay. Great. You were talking about saving your harvest earlier. Yes, I am, trying to. I have a stunt that works, especially with acorn and buttercup squash, is that I cut them off the vine, Yeah. and I let the vines grow out across the lawn. Yeah because I can't see them hanging off of trellises. Sure, okay. And what I do is dry them on the front porch for a while Yeah. till the stem is essentially uh, shriveled up. Yep. And Turn. then I take them down to the basement, dip them in a Clorox solution. There you go, yep. And lay them out on newspaper on top of milk crates. Oh, okay. And we ate our last buttercup squash in May. Wow, that's great. Uh, proof of the pudding right there. Yeah. There's and a technique, and I, I, my wife would agree with you that, that Clorox bath is really, really important. I think it's very important, and of course, the acorns go before the buttercups, mm -hmm. but uh, we we may lose one or two oh, out sure. of, oh, I don't know, 10 to 20 yep. buttercups. Yep. That's good eating, too. That's a, just a great way to store them. And that's a, that comes under the hand eating of cold storage. It's down in your basement, right? Yeah, it's yeah. an unheated basement. Yeah, sure. That and works they're great. essentially up off the floor by the right. height of a milk crate. Yeah, okay. So they've got air. You have to have the air circulation. And you've got the, um, I got the newspaper, newspaper down so that they're, you know, have something to sit on that's that's not piercing the skin or anything. Oh. And uh, then you've got the cool temperature. That's great. And when you wipe them down with the Clorox, it gets rid of any surface molds that, that might attack them. And uh, good stuff. When we we are particular, we're partial to the butternut 
you know, uh, it's got such great solid meat in that big long stem. I, we were growing them and they were like 16 inches long. They were fantastic. Well, I don't get let them get that big. If I if I see them six mm-hmm, mm-hmm. inches in diameter, yeah, I cut them off and put them out in the front porch. Oh, there you go. I never thought of that. Sure, why not? I guess once. And the... I happen to like the acorns better than the buttercup. Mm-hmm, yeah. And I have tried the same stunt with the butter nuts. But yeah. I'm not as fond of them as I am the acorn and there the you pups, go. and I've given up on those guys. <laughs> Sounds good. Sounds good. So, well, that's it's interesting. Um, I was talking to one of my garden buddies, uh, uh, Jeff, over in North Callis, and he was saying, you know, I just don't have a place for cold storage. And, uh, and I said, well, do you have a garage? Yeah. I said, do you happen to have a fridge in that old fridge in the, in the garage? And he said, as a matter of fact, I do. I um, I used to keep my beer in there. <laughs> so I said, well, now, now you do have a cold cellar because you can use that fridge just like you would a cold cellar. You can keep your, um, you can keep your carrots in there, uh, your beets, uh, anything you'd keep in cold storage. Uh, um, and it, uh, works, you know, just like a cold cellar. So if you, if you, you know, you can use a fridge as a seasonal cold cellar. Yeah. And uh, that, that works for it just as well for anything else you can fit in there. I, I'll tell you another stunt that I've done, I used to do. Yeah. I have used the leaves from the maple trees in the mm-hmm. fall mm-hmm. and spread them all over the garden. Yeah. And planted right down through them things like tomatoes, etc. Uh-huh. And I, what I used to do was to pull them up, roots and all. Yeah. Take them down to the basement and hang them on the clotheslines. Your tomatoes? Yeah. Well, huh. it worked better with the cherries. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And the sun golds. Sure. And I'd go down every day and pick. The tomatoes that were ripe. <laughs> and what a great idea! I love it. <laughs> and it really worked. I was eating my own tomatoes uh-huh. at Thanksgiving one year. Oh, that's fantastic! Where um, that... what I discovered though, when I pulled them up, was the root system went out through the leaf mulch from the year before sure yeah so it it they were you know spider webs mm-hmm. way out mm-hmm. in the leaf mulch i know what you mean uh, when i uh, pull up my tomato plants you know i have them on a trellis at the end of uh, at the north side of a four by four bed and when i pull them up I, it always amazes me how those roots have spread out into that bed you know all the way you know uh, all the way out well, I, I happen to use baskets right now. I haven't tried sure. trellises yet. Yeah, yeah. Well, why not? I've got, well, I've got trellises on the cucumbers and mm, the snow peas. Yeah, there you go. That's great. Well, Don, thanks for the trip on the tip on the on your butter and on your squashes. I appreciate that. And I, I, I'm going to have to try your tip on the tomatoes too. All right. Thank you. Thank you.
Uh, we have Ted in Shelburne. Ted. Yep. Hi. W welcome. I just wanted to toss a little bit more since I have experience with the uh, leak moth. Oh, good. Yeah. And I uh, uh, hope Meg is still there. But I, Captain Jacks is yep. sort of specifically uh, useful. Oh, super. That's the spinosad. And, yep. And I, I had, like, well, I've had some devastation experiences, and I haven't done onions lately because because of that, and I'm not sure about Captain Jack's helping onions, but garlic, mm -hmm. I I was beginning to see some signs. And one important thing is to look closely, just find, find a reason to go get up close and personal with your garlic early on or sort of continually. I gotcha, yeah. And it, this was pr before scapes were beginning to appear, and I saw that there was some like little sawdusty little remnants uh, of chewing and stuff like uh, that. Yeah. So I quickly got some Captain Jacks on the case. I also have a very pointy little sharp knife kind of sometimes I go direct um, combat with them yeah, yeah. And find a little the little worm thing the worm, yeah. and and also is if you just because if you don't have lots and lots of garlic but just sort of pull your fingers along the leaves and that will help you see or find their little cocoon uh, yeah. is something like a long grain rice <laughs> it's lacy and so on and it's not projecting up from the leaf but that this is, is great that is the one you. we're talking about yeah. and so remove that uh -huh. and then keep an eye and and i don't know about the cover i haven't done the remake but a neighbor gave me a call <laughs> Yeah. He discovered that he had been attacked before mm -hmm. he was headed for Maine for a few days. Yeah. He called me in the evening, so I went and rode my bike down, took a look, and and got Captain Jacks on that. But I, he had some under remay that I didn't know about, and he hadn't mentioned. And when he came back three or four days later, that was <clears throat> pretty devastated. Yeah, it can be. You can uh, you can trap them right inside there. That's why right. I I say you you kind of have to solarize. At first, and spray if, the soil, and then whether that works. I haven't tried that, but mm -hmm. in any case, just get, catching it early. Mm -hmm. And I did have a slight amount at harvest, kind of, but I washed it, and I don't think. Also, they do five generations in a year; or they can in a season. So, <laughs> there's an encouraging that, word. that in mind. In my er, in my earlier learning days, I had them coming around again in the basement with onions. So, so you you don't want to say, "Oh, now I'm all done," right? Well, be aware. <laughs> Constant vigilance, yeah. Be aware. Ted, Thank thanks you so much. much. I yep. appreciate the good word. Bye. I, I think we have uh, Dick in Waterbury. Hey, Peter. Hey, Dick. How you doing? Good. Um, after 40 years, mm -hmm. I get rid of my rototiller. Okay. So I've taken your suggestion. Super. Well, <laughs> um, <laughs> <free>. <laughs> last year, I started putting in some raised beds. Yeah. Uh, this year, I put in uh, a couple more. And I've had an awful problem with getting seeds to even germinate in them. Really? Really, yeah. And I've taken seeds out of the same package, just sown them in the you know normal soil, and a week later they're popping up. Uh... I've tried putting them in, you know, making sure I've kind of tamped them down good so they get some good contact. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, and I got one bed that's got uh, one kale plant came up, and I think three radishes. 
Wow. Uh, I would have to, my, my first impression is, is uh, have you soaked those beds? I mean, are they, are they too dry? I've, I've tried to soak them, and that's part of my next question, is yeah. when you're watering raised beds, uh-huh. uh, it seems like you have to water them very slowly, very easily. Otherwise, the water just kind of sits there, puddles, and if they're not level, they just kind of run downhill. Yeah. I, th- that, I think that's that's a valid impression, but the the thing that I that I'm concerned about is that maybe that soil hasn't. Well, you have to dig down and make sure that they're watered all the way down, uh-huh. you know, to to the bottom of the bed. Yeah. Um, it, and it's it takes a remarkable amount of water to to really uh, soak a bed in the beginning, and that's the only thing I think of is that they're they're probably too dry right from the very beginning. Yeah. Uh, other than that, I mean, what you're planting in is the same as potting soil. So if in the regular old soil, it means that you there's still moisture there. You're just you're just shy on moisture, I yeah. would say. Because I know early on, I had mm-hmm. an awful problem to get my cucumbers to germinate. Um, uh, they yeah. finally did, and mm-hmm. now they're doing great. Mm-hmm. I've mm-hmm. got a trellis, and they're really doing great. Oh, that's great, yeah. Um, onions are doing fine, yeah. uh, but once things got started, but it just seemed like it took a really long time to get the things to go. So. You could try. Um, have you put any sea kelp in that bed? I haven't, no. Okay. Sea kelp is is, uh, is a, um, a root growth enhancer. It, uh, it's often used to start seeds. Um, you could try either um, a, a liquid sea kelp uh, soak. Or even the dry sea kelp. Probably in your case, the liquid would be best. Uh-huh. Uh, and you know, just soak the soil with that um, the sea kelp water mix, yeah. uh, or even a fish emulsion sea kelp mix. Yeah. Uh, but it's it sounds like those beds are dry. Huh. Uh, okay. I, 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 I can't think of any other reason that they wouldn't uh, pop up just like the regular. Right. Right. Well, surprising so <laughs> yeah um i've also well, just started uh yesterday digging some of my garlic oh yeah <laughs> uh, and it seems pretty small this year is that just kind of it moisture related it could be moisture related and uh, it's it's very common people uh, have you watered the the garlic on a regular basis uh, i haven't on a regular basis i've got a mulch good yeah um and yeah. you know what i do is i take and i put them in a new section of the garden this year yeah. i had them two years in one section sure. a new one this year yeah and in the fall of the year you know i just mulch up all the leaves i plant uh-huh. my garlic and i mulch them back with god six eight inches of yeah leaves. that's great yeah well I, w- I would say um, it sounds like maybe the heat and and that the even though there was a mulch there, the soil was dried out. Uh-huh. One of the things I've noticed, and I particularly noticed it today as I was driving here to Waterbury, was how dry the gr- the lawns are. Uh, you know, usually you don't see it quite this dry until sometime in August. Right. And uh, I would say that it, the, the heat has really dried out the soil to an extreme. And even with the mulch on there, I'd say that that sounds like what's going on with you, uh, short of some disease. I assume you, there's, there's no, no indication of any disease. No, the there's no, they, I mean, they all look fine. Some of them are, yeah. you know, good, good size. Okay. The other ones right yeah. next to them were just 
little smaller. Tiny, yeah. Well, I mean, you'll always have that. That's yeah. that's for sure. But um, I, the soil has been extremely dry, even though we've had rain, even though we're going to get rain. You know, you have to you have to worm your hand down in there, yeah. you know, a good six inches, and see if it's actually got a good moisture to the point where you can, you know, make a ball out of it. Yeah. If it's not that moist, then you're you're definitely shy on that. Try that first, Dick. See if okay. see how that goes, and let me know. All right. And congratulations, you're free of the rotor tiller. That's <laughs> right. Yeah. All right. Thanks. Yeah. Bye bye. Thank you very much. Uh, we have about another 10 minutes or so, and certainly plenty of time to hear from your telephone calls. Sure. Give us a buzz right now, but let's take this opportunity to, again, thank our sponsors. You bet. Got bugs? Hi, this is Tiffany from Menard Zagway. It's that time of year again. Pests are arriving at your flower and veggie gardens, and they are having themselves a feast. We have lots of solutions for you, from netting and deterrents to sprays and powders. Start using them now and enjoy the fruits of your labor. At family-owned and operated, Menard's Agway, your yard, garden, and pet place. Open seven days a week, Brooklyn Street, Morrisville. Don't forget to refill that 20-pound propane tank for just $12.99. Get a load of the racks at Linda's Apparel. Summer is alive and well at Linda's Apparel. Vibrant colors, stylish accessories, sparkly jewelry, a captivating collection of women's fashions, soft eye-catching pastels, effervescent splashes of color, simple to essential. If it's time to freshen up what's in your closet for hot summer days, visit Linda's Apparel, Main Street, Virgins. A perfect place to find yourself this summer. WDEV also serves the Northeast Kingdom at 101.9 W270BR Island Pond. And back we are. All I right. have uh, Terry on the line, but we really don't need to go on the air of it, Peter. Oh. He just wants to know how come uh, the Japanese beetles haven't uh, shown up yet. And I'm saying that's a pretty good question. <laughs> well, uh, more than likely it's the heat because they, they're, they're grubs that are just uh, live right underneath the soil. And uh, if if anything would would kill him, it would definitely be the heat. But having said that, I just noticed this morning the Japanese beetles were starting to eat the blueberries. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And, and so uh, uh, fear not, they are on their way. And I'm sure after this next rain that we get this week, they'll probably be out in full force. Very well, <laughs> something to look forward to. Always something to look forward to in the garden. Well, yeah. you know, I I I don't have berries anymore, but I was surprised that uh, once my uh, uh, morning glories take hold, and mm -hmm. they are late season. I've tried mm -hmm. to goose them along to come earlier, but yeah, yeah. they decide to come when they want to come. Yep. And when they come, they do a nice job making my, my mailbox uh, all nice and flowery. Yeah. However, the Japanese beetles, after they seem to have uh, attacked everybody's berry bushes, uh -huh. then come and start to eat the leaves <laughs> off, uh, off the, the morning glory. You haven't seen them yet, though. I haven't seen them yet. Oh, okay. No, no, Terry has good. And I'm going to just say, hit this button here. Uh -huh. And uh, your first name in town? Don in Northfield again. Hello. <laughs> hey, Don. Uh, we have put down milky spore all around all of the fruits, like blueberries and raspberries, which are the ones that, uh, and also around a cherry tree. Okay. And. We did that probably three times. Mm -hmm. Once last fall, once early spring, and then more recently. And they 
do say that you have to do it every three years, but if you look at the life expectancy of the milky spore, it stays in the ground for like 10 years. Okay, yeah. Right. And that's much more effective than trying to pick them off by hand and the traps that mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, they're, they're pretty... do nothing but attract the neighbors. <laughs> well, I'm not sure, but... <laughs> well, that's what seemed to happen. <laughs> it does we seem that way. We got a lot we... of Japanese beetles, yeah. and I put them out, I know, and, and we gave up on that. With a bag of a thousand, you think, they can't all be from right here. <laughs> yeah. And so I'm going to sit and recommend the Milky Spore, and we haven't seen a Japanese beetle yet on anything that's great yeah yep that's that's a good treatment and it like as you say it is supposed to be long lasting um if you're doing it every three years then you're certainly covered yeah well i think you can i think from that viewpoint you can do it three times in one year three times in one year and then and then uh then you take a a three-year break and then do it again is that right well it's supposed to last like 10 years mm-hmm. in the soil. Yep. Yeah. So it should be should be good for quite a while. Yep. So we have powdery mildew and milky spore and one's a friend and one's not. Well, <laughs> yeah, well this is milky spore <laughs> stuff and that seems to work. And yeah. you can yeah. certainly I got some over at Agway on oh earlier this year. Yep. Yep. Yeah. when I ran out from the previous batch. And you make sure to tell them that you like that show because they're one of our sponsors. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, um, yeah, that's uh, that's good news. Thank you, Don. I appreciate the tip, the second tip. Okay. That's terrific. And uh, just a reminder to listen in next week because Ed, Ed Smith, the man who wrote the Bible, is going to be here next week. Oh, so, boy. Yeah. Good. Yeah, yeah, he's like old home week. It's going to be like old home week. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> he agreed to fill in for me when I'm uh, uh, taking some time off. We also might mention he is the author of the uh, Vegetable Gardener's Container Bible. Oh well, yes, and that strikes very close to home with uh, with me actually uh, yeah. because of my brother and uh, uh-huh. who has. You know, uh-huh. ev- virtually everything in his yeah. large garden, all in containers, yeah. and he swears by uh, by Ed's book there. That's right, and then then there's the kid book uh, that that you inspired, the Chipmunk's Heaven. You know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he can't have any bird feeders out there in the Catskills because of uh, uh, Bruno and Brunhilda, and I'll give you one guess as to what species they are. <laughs> they, Is he, that right? He has to chase them off the deck, bears. He, you know, oh. He keep, keep coming up and uh, I'm yeah. sure they could, but they apparently they run very quickly when he sets off uh, bells and alarms <laughs> and whatnot but uh, I wouldn't go I would not go out as the governor did in my birthday suit no, and try, to try to square scare them away I would, <laughs> frankly I, I wouldn't leave my bedroom yeah, right. <laughs> let alone go outside oh my lord but, uh, well, there's a there's an image that will last for eternity is I, I, I might mention a lot of people mention how come you have bird feeders during bear season well yeah. we are yet to see Bear One on Porter's Point in Colchester. The, <laughs> the, the right? day I do see Bear One, that's when and that's when they'll come down. That's yeah. when everything 
changes uh, in my um, in my backyard. Yeah, well, you're you're. Uh, we have them roaming around. They they've, they haven't been coming to my bird feeders. They've been coming to my compost bins, and mm-hmm. they managed to ru- ruin four or five of them. We've been able to to fix them up a little bit and use them. But I've seen every other kind of critter. Saw my first fisher in the backyard. Oh, really? That kind of alarms me. Oh. They are they're they're pretty vicious. Yes. Cr- yeah. Creatures, but uh, yeah. as far as all the other yeah. creatures that we've yeah. been declaring as pests, they make a, a quick little meal of them. Yes, yeah. that's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's what you need for all those chipmunks, right? Yeah. Well, anyway, so remember that uh, to store the harvest, you want to use all of the different techniques. You want to use canning. You want to use freezing. You want to use fermentation, cold storage, and what did I forget? Oh, dehydrator. And sometimes a combination of, of those uh, to get the job done. And uh, if you have any tips or anything that you like, especially to dry or can or to uh, uh, freeze, uh, let me know. I'd really like to hear what you're doing. I told you my one big one with the, uh, with the uh, dehydrator, we found that uh, dried cantaloupe is like nectar of the gods. It's an incredibly delicious delicious uh, fruit to I've done that by the way oh you have I, I, uh, it's too early for me to have any cantaloupe in the garden yes right. thanks, thanks to price chopper I yeah, brought, yeah. brought a couple of commercially grown ones yeah and it, it makes no difference whether it's a honeydew or oh, a regular yeah, yeah. orange cantaloupe what my grandfather yeah. used to call musk melon musk melon that's yeah, right that's yeah what he used to call them does mazas uh, grow grow cantaloupe oh and yeah, stuff up? yeah oh they do yeah uh. So they'll be they'll be coming down pretty and, soon, and they're just boy, just chop them up, put them on the uh, put them on the uh, dehydrator, and they I, uh, I have a six story dehydrator. Yeah, the the round one, the uh, yeah. the harvester. Yeah. It's the uh, the Rod Popeil. It's the uh, you know, the Easymatic <laughs> ones that they used to have. It's an old one. It still works. I mean, all it is is a heater and a fan. So that's it. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. And it, it works uh, beautifully. Oh, I, but dried melon. Of any variety, yes, it's great. Yeah. It's great. And then the other one that we do is we dry uh, pears. Oh, I never tried that. Oh my gosh, my wife will buy a crate at the uh, Hannaford's, and uh, and just you know when they come out, the season will be uh, in the next few weeks actually, and and uh, we just wait until they're you know nice and ripe, and then chop them up, put them in there. It's just absolutely terrific. Well, absolutely. You, you, you want to know what my super treat is? Uh, dehydrating bananas. Really? Now, I've never liked overripe bananas. I mean, uh-huh. they, they my, you know, my yeah. wife will make the banana bread, which yeah. is wonderful. But right. after, you know, you see the black spots that start to form on yeah. the skin, I don't want to eat it, it, it anymore. If forget it. Yeah. But then I like underripe bananas. Uh-huh. Now, now, you take an underripe, you know, and a nice and hard. Yeah. And you, well, not yeah. hard, but yeah. uh, harder than an overripe banana. Sure. And, you you know, you just chop them into little banana pieces. Uh-huh. And put them in the hydrator yeah. with a drop of maple syrup on the top Ooh. of each one. And then dehydrated that way. Now we're talking. Absolutely delicious. Uh, t- uh, Absolutely all right. Delicious. You, you convinced me. I'm going to try it. Well, I, I warn people that the bananas that you dry in the dehydrator are not the same as the bananas you buy in the store. The You know, the dry bananas. Those are actually fried. They're crispy, you know. So <laughs> you have to, don't, don't expect to get those, those ones. <laughs> but I, I'm waiting. I'm waiting to make my uh, my my can my tomato candy, the sun gold. 
Cut, oh. them, cut them in half and just put oh. them on the dehydrator. Yeah. The yeah. house smells so wonderful. Uh, yeah, really, yeah. really, that's great. That's good heating too. Yeah. And uh, you know, you you can just you can just suck on them like a like I a candy. Them. They really are <laughs> very close to candy. <laughs> you know, you, you can. Uh, I was surprised. Uh, we were at uh, Positive Pie and they have this salad that they serve, uh, Mister Salad, and it actually has dried tomatoes in the salad. Mm -hmm. And uh, they're sort of uh, they're sort of semi-dried. They're not all the way dried, you know. They're not crispy hard. And I, I almost think that they must soak them in oil or something too. Um, but they're they're delicious, and I've often wondered, well, gee, that's a great way to have tomatoes in the in the winter in your salad. I'm, I'm from so hungry right now. <laughs> I don't get off well, jo I brought Joel in uh, rhubarb I'm today. Eat some of it raw, I think. <laughs> <laughs> you are. <laughs> raw. No. We have this rhubarb that uh, literally. What would you say is that that one is like three feet long? Oh, well, uh, maybe at least thirty inches. I, long. I, I, it really, it's like. Uh, <laughs> It was like Audrey in the Little Shop of Horrors, a huge plant that you might have never seen any. Th those stalks are much larger than the ones I have. But, uh, of course, I'm going to make my, my famous, as my, my daughters call it, uh, rhubarb compost. Compost. That's what they call it. It's compote. Forget the S. But I, uh, with uh, almost an equal amount of strawberries from Mazas mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. uh, rhubarb, and I mm -hmm. just make this big sauce, and it's good on ice mm. cream. It's good the way it is. There you it's go. Any any way you want to eat it, it's wonderful. Well, you're you're in. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's great. That's great. So I guess is that it? I, we, I think we're uh, we're done. Pretty much. Uh, all right. At the end of things, and no all callers right. on the line, so we'll catch you well, in two weeks. Thanks so much to all of you who did call, and I thank you for listening. And uh, anytime you're in one of our sponsor store, if you let them know how much you enjoy it, that would be great. And uh, if you have any questions or anything, you can get a hold of me here at the station. All right. Um, We'll catch you next time. Catch you next time. And make sure you tune in for Ed next week. That'll be a real treat. In the garden. I'm going to have to listen online. Indeed. Inch by inch, row by row, going to make this garden grow. All it takes is a rake and a hoe and a piece of fertile ground. Inch by inch, row by row, someone bless these seeds I sow. Someone warm them from below till the rain comes tumbling down. It's been In the Garden with your host, Peter Burke, online at thedailygardener.com. In the Garden, brought to you by The Willie Store, your true value hardware store, near Caspian Lake in Greensboro, by Clausen's Florist, Greenhouse and Perennial Farm, your full-service florist at um, Clausen's.com. They're right there, Route 7 in Colchester, in town. Guy's Farm and Yard, your neighborhood community feed, grain, animal, and yard store, with locations in Morrisville, Montpelier, St. Albans, and Williston, guysfarmandyard.com. By Grow Compost, compost soils, mulches, and so much more. Route 2 in Moortown, growcompost.com. By PNR Lumber, your local complete lumber store on Route 15 in Wolcott. By Menards Agway, your yard, garden, and pet place, Brooklyn Street, Morrisville. By Blossom Cottage Florist, top quality flower arrangements, Route 302 in Barry. 
and Taste of the North. Find them online at tasteofthenorth.com. By Linda's Apparel, bursting with vibrant colors, stylish accessories, sparkling jewelry, and the most captivating collections of ladies' fashions around. Linda's Apparel on Main Street in Virgins. Jail Branch Greenhouse, always a great place to visit. Perennials, annual soils, and great selection. Route 302 in Barry, And your locally owned Agway store. Seeds and feeds and a whole lot more. Route 2 in Montpelier. Do join us next Saturday at 1230 when Ed Smith will return to the microphone for In the Garden. And two weeks from now, Peter Burke back to uh, talk gardening with you and take your phone calls. <laughs>